We all know that ups and downs are part of owning a business, but what if you could recover faster from those periods and grow because of them? I'm talking to David Hogan today, who is a entrepreneur, author, speaker, and business coach, and focuses on resiliency and coming back from those moments where we think that we're just going to throw in the towel and give up for good. Now, there are so many great nuggets in this conversation, and I really implore you to listen to the whole thing. You're going to get so much out of it. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Well-Paid Creative. I have David Hogan here with me today, and I'm super excited to talk to him. I can't wait to dive into this interview. I think you guys are going to get so much out of it. Thank you so much for joining me, David. How are you doing today? Great, Gabrielle. I'm delighted to be here. It's an honor to be on your show, and I'm excited to swap stories with you, and maybe we'll figure a few things out together on this conversation. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get to be where you are now? And, you know, tell us a little bit of the backstory behind David. Okay, well, uh, how did I get to be where I am now was probably with some unforeseen circumstances. But uh, I was originally an employee in the financial services sector and living in Ireland. And I was in retail banking for many years. And that got me so far in terms of fulfillment, but I had this itch to be an entrepreneur, to you know, leave the, the, the security blanket of a paid job with the benefits and pension and all of that type of thing, and just take a chance and do my own thing, which I know you can relate to, and I know your listeners can. Mm-hmm. So off I went, I jumped ship, and in 2002, I set up my first business, which was in real estate sales. So like we call it over here in our part of the world, we call it auctioneering where you're selling properties. So listing properties. And uh, I have to say that was an interesting journey because I started that in 2002. And like a lot of businesses, when you start out first, you you can't really expect them to be an overnight success. You know, you're going to have to put in the hard yards and you're going to have to earn your way. And it was no different for me. And when I look back on that now, in, in the first couple of years, the business was loss making because I was investing in it, building it up, building up my customer base and learning how to provide the products and services that were going to deliver a result for the customer and a return for me. And so that was the investment phase. Then about year four, I had my first break even year. So now it was up around 2006. Uh, 2007, I had a, a good profitable year. And then guess what came? 2008. Financial crash. Oh, the real estate market crash. Yeah. yeah. And uh, me being very dependent on that sector at that time, I mean, totally dependent on it. 
sort of my business started to go downhill fast. And there was lesson number one, Gabrielle, is if you're in business, make sure that you try to, de to develop multiple streams of income of revenue within that business. And of course, I didn't really know that. And I probably wasn't even capable of doing that at the time. And these are the things sometimes you have to learn as you go along. So 2008, 2010, I was watching the air going out of the balloon and things were quite bad all over the world at that stage, especially if you were in any way dependent on property or financial, that type of stuff. So in 2010, that's eight years after I first set up that business, I had to make that painful decision. I remember it very, very vividly. I sat down at the kitchen table with my wife and I said, the business that we have set up and put everything into is just not working anymore. And we need mm. to close it down because it's costing us to keep it open. So I don't want to, to tell that story to scare people, but it can happen in business. And there was a multitude of reasons some of them were external factors, such as the environment, the economy, et cetera. And some of them, in hindsight, were my own fault because I could have been more clever about how I ran that business, uh, developed it, and maybe should have had more foresight about being more resilient in the downturns. So mm -hmm. I certainly have brought that lesson forward in the next business I set up. So Things were really bad for me for a couple of years. Then in 2013, I had to make another quite painful decision in that I had to declare for bankruptcy. Okay. Oh. And yeah, so I had to start again at age 45. Uh, my wife and two children, I had to, you know, to support them, I had to start again. I lost my home. I lost all my assets. I had no income. I was completely starting from scratch. However... I did have all of the knowledge and ability and skills that I had acquired on the way up along to that point. That didn't change. I still had all of those. And so I said, I'm going to use these and I'm going to be wiser this time. And I'm going to leverage what I have in a much more, would say, astute way. And then providence and good fortune stepped in because one of my uh, previous clients, he, he was looking for somebody to go into a joint venture with him. I put my hand up and said, hey, I can do this. And I had nothing else going for me. And I had nothing to offer other than my, my, my talent, my ability, and my experience. I had no money or anything like that. So I did that. And within four years, I had set up a seven-figure business again. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I bounced back very fast, still in the property area. But I decided then that I would, I want to give back to other people because I've had good fortune. I've had to go through my roller coaster and learn my lessons. So I wrote a book and that book is published, just published before Christmas. I put it up on Amazon. It's called Rebound Ability, Turning a Crisis into an Opportunity. And that book documents the story of what, what happened as I've just related to you. And it also picks out what are the life lessons in that, not just for somebody in business, but also for other crises that a person could have. You know, it could be a crisis in their health, in their relationships. And so I think there are a lot of common denominators there that apply like business transfers to life. And, and as you know, life transfers across to business. So I wrote that book and that's, that's a kind of a launching platform for moving into the area of business coaching and so now I'm helping people who have businesses to make sure that they can survive these times and become more resilient and 
bulletproof going forward in the way that they run those businesses. So there's that. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you know what? I love how you said that even though you were starting from scratch after declaring bankruptcy there, you weren't starting with nothing. You had all of that experience and you had all that knowledge from before. So it really wasn't the end of the world. (laughs) No. Uh, And you know, Gabrielle, it's sad to say this, but some of the people around me at that time in the same sector as me, in the same kind of business circle, similar things happened to them. But it's sad to say that some of them never recovered. They never recovered financially. And that's 10 or 12 years on. And some of them never recovered psychologically. And I think I think I know why, because I've thought about this a lot. And I feel that you need to separate out your identity and your self-esteem, your self-worth from the success or otherwise of your business. There has to be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I learned, Gabrielle, that, that. that just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. And it's very That's easy fantastic. that way. You know, that you you made a big mess and I certainly made quite a big mess and I put my hand up to accept it was it was all on me. But I didn't feel that I didn't have other opportunities that would come my way. I just needed to be open to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, it has been a really good learning curve for me. It has made me more resilient. I am now grateful to say that I have a very good business that I continue to run, but I'm very interested in you know, passing on the the insights and the lessons I've learned to business owners, to entrepreneurs, to encourage them and encourage them to actually think ahead and be more strategic in how they run their businesses. This has been an absolutely amazing interview and I don't want to take you away from it, but I just wanted to let you know that I have a brand new guide that I think you're going to get a lot from. It's called the three pivots for creating and selling profitable packages. And I know it's going to be right up your alley. So if that feels like something that you want to work on, go to wellpaidcreative.com pivot and grab your copy completely free today. Oh, I love that. And you know what, coming out of 2020, which was the whole pandemic and everybody kind of felt, I think, I think we all collectively felt a little bit like our hands were tied a little bit, like we didn't know what to do. And resilience has been just a big theme for me coming out of that. I did a podcast episode about two episodes back, just about my own lessons on resilience through the year. And not only in the pandemic did we deal with that, but personally, I also had a, a hard period in 2020 I when I lost both my parents. Yeah, I, I yeah. listened to that. So and I applaud that you resilience for being so open is just really that. key. Yeah. I applaud you for being open about that. And I I think that that was a very tough thing. You 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 lost both your parents within a space of four months. You know, yeah. So yeah. Not easy to say the least. No. And, you know, and some people, I've seen some people lose parents and lose loved ones and you're right. They just don't recover Mm. uh, psychologically and mentally from it. Um, And it it really does take a toll out of you. You know, there is supposed to be that adjustment period and that grief period. And, and, and I think during 2020, we all had kind of a grief period about, you know, normal. We were grieving what normal was for quite a while. Yeah. Now we're kind of at the point where we're, we have to look forward now. And I love how you talked about like rebounding and being able to have those skills to do that effectively and successfully. So what do you think 
are some of the tips and tricks and even just skills and habits that people can um, foster themselves to rebound from some from situations like this? Yeah, well, I think the first thing after a, a difficult situation, be it in business or even in personal life, is to remember what you have and who you are, and that that doesn't change and shouldn't change. And I, I think part of the reason I ended up in such trouble was I was trying to be something that I wasn't ready to be or capable of being at the time. I was going too fast. I got involved in speculative property deals that I were not, I was not qualified enough to handle them and understand them. I was in too much of a rush. And so I got a, a hard smack on the wrist, okay, that I had to take. But I had to also remember that, well, okay, but I still have an awful lot going for me. And how what what prompted me to put myself out there in the first place. The reason that I feel I'm an entrepreneur and that I can say help people through business is that I understand people and I care about people and I want other people to be successful with me. And I think if you hit a, a bad run in your business, for example, and even the last year or so has been very challenging for lots of businesses, I understand that. Like, use it as a time of reflection and think about, well, do I love this business? Do I love being in it? And if you love being in it, you will find a way to pivot in a new direction. And no matter what the business, there is another source of revenue that I believe is out there for you. If, for example, uh, in my own local area, there's a yoga studio that I go to, a hot yoga studio. And Unfortunately, in the last 12 months, that business has only been able to open its door for two days out of the last 12 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can imagine the, the effect that that has had on that person, that business owner and, and her mindset. And so I'm working with her to help her to realize that, well, she has a core business there. She has a group of clients who all love her work, what she does, the community that's there, and that they will remain loyal to her and that they'll be there again when she is able to reopen. That's number one. And then number two is to make the business more resilient and more, we'll say, fighter-friendly for the future. Mm -hmm. I'm working with her to come up with other sources of revenue that she can tack on to the business that she has so that in times to come, when there'll be another inevitable setback of some sort in the cycles that happen, that the business will be able to cope better than what happened this time. And so an example of that would be she has a, a clientele, people who like yoga are into their health, they're into looking after their bodies, they're into well-being, they tend to be more mm -hmm. spiritual type people. And so she can offer to sell consumer type products on her website, such as you know, yoga mats, yoga towels, that kind of thing. She can then progress on and offer uh, classes maybe in meditation, which at the moment could be delivered online and in time they can be delivered in person. And then maybe higher up the ladder, up the value ladder, for those that want an even better experience, she can offer yoga retreats. And that might sound simple enough to you and me, but when a person's in the middle of something and their head is at It's very hard to see yeah. the way out, yeah. And so you need an outside perspective. You need to have somebody who come in and think objectively and strategically with you and help you. And then, you know, you'll take it from there yourself. 
So that, that's how I see myself being able to transfer the skills and experience that I have and add it into businesses in the situation they're in right now. Oh, I love that. And you know what? And it's, there's been a lot of pivoting done over the last year or so. And I think one of the key lessons is I mentioned it in another interview is that even when you're pivoting, the concept of pivoting still indicates forward momentum. It's just forward momentum in a different direction. Yeah. Right. So there's no such thing as a pivot with a full stop. <laughs> That's so true. And, and Gabrielle, I'm pivoting myself in that I'm entering into a new space in the way I do business. As I said, I have a successful bricks and mortar business, which I'm very grateful for and remains there that I can run, you know, I have a team in place. But moving into, let's say, business coaching online, there are a lot of skills that I'm acquiring and that I need help with. And so applying the lessons of before, I'm not trying to do everything myself. I'm willing to, mm -hmm. to pay people to help me in ways that they're just going to be better than me. And I'm freeing myself up more and more to be able to work on the business and work on maybe creating good content that helps people and leave the technical side of it and the admin side of it to people that like doing that type of work. Mm -hmm. So I'm applying, I'm learning myself and um, it's, it's an enjoyable process. And I think the more you reach, put your hand up and say, I need a help here the easier it's going to be down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the more you can admit to yourself that you can't do everything, the more things that you're good at, you can stay in your zone as a genius. And then the more things that it, you can just take off your plate. Right. And I know a lot of us tend to be solopreneurs. We kind of like doing it all ourselves because that's almost what we've always done. And maybe we don't have the budget to hire yeah. people. But even there is, I mean, I know back in the day, I used to do trades when I couldn't, you know, pay someone in money, I could pay them in services and we would, you know, go back and forth. And it was just another way of being able to just take things off my own plate. Yeah. And tell me, Gabrielle, in, in the, the sector and the space you're in, do you see any common denominator in the type of mistakes that people make in business? Um... I would say the biggest mistake I see among creative professionals is like you said, where they're not separating themselves from their business. So I know many, many years where I was literally entrenched in the idea that if I was to make money, I had to be physically in a seat doing my work. And once I got that separation between me and my business, I kind of realized that, you know, I could be a business owner and I could also be a creative, but there was just so much more nuance to it that came alive. I could start hiring people. I hired my first accountant. I, you know, I started running it a little bit more like a business rather than, uh, you know, an expensive hobby. Yeah. And I, I think a great thing to do in business is, to keep your finger on the pulse and be more accountable is network aggressively or, you know, a, a lot energetically be a networker. And you, you could, you'll have to do that virtually at the moment in most countries, but there's powerful benefit in that because I find that there's nearly always somebody who would put their hand up to offer to help you for free because you do something back for them some other way. And mm -hmm. also you'll, you'll probably find good candidates for joint ventures, you know, partners, out of networking as well, because 
you will have certain skills you can bring to a project. They'll have certain skills. And if the two of you haven't met, when you do meet, you kind of it clicks that, hey, we should do something together. So leverage everything you can. You know, if you don't have a big budget, which I accept a lot of businesses, especially in the early stages, don't have, there are many, many other ways to get the kind of leverage that you want. And I, I just wanted to come back to something that it's it's very personal to me, but a critical moment in my recovery from going through business failure, then bankruptcy, and then starting out again. I refer to this in the book, and I describe the moment as the millionaire handshake. Okay, and mm-hmm. the reason I refer to it like that is that there came a point when I was looking at, okay, I'm I've gone bankrupt, I'm starting from scratch again. Now, what am I going to do? And an opportunity came my way where. A former client of mine, he also got in trouble financially with banks, etc. And he needed a lot of help from a, a lot of different angles with solicitors, etc., that type of thing, legals. He needed help to restructure. And I helped coordinate that process for him. And when it all settled down and he was alive financially and in business still, he then was thinking, OK, well, what am I going to do next? And he had a project in mind and he approached me and said, look, I'd like you to work with me on this project and but he meant that he wanted me to work as his employee okay mm-hmm. and at that particular point I could very easily have said well it's a good opportunity because I haven't a lot going for me and I need to get going again and pay my bills but instead I felt well if I've been through all of this I, I want to have the chance of recovering to, to a decent level so I said well thank you very much for the offer but if it's going to happen, it has to be on an equal partnership 50-50, okay? Mm-hmm. And he thought about it for a minute, and then he said, okay, and we shook hands on it, right? And as we shook hands on it, I had to have the mentality in my mind that, okay, I don't have any money, but I do have my experiences, my talents, my skills, my abilities, and I believe that's enough to leverage and help and help him and help myself. And that was my millionaire handshake moment because – From that point on, everything turned around for me in terms of business and finances and got me back to a good, comfortable, successful place again. And if I didn't have that mindset, it wouldn't have happened. If I had to hold back and go, well, you know, who am I? Put my hand up or or, or try to meet this man on on a 50-50 equal basis. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe underestimate themselves they, they don't yeah. really believe themselves <laughs> enough, you know? And mm. I, I thank whoever or whatever for having that presence of mind because it totally changed my life in a good way. And I, I hope you can pick up from me. I'm very grateful for that. But I needed to be available to get the benefit of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to be open. You have to be confident and you have to realize that you're enough. Yeah. For being able to achieve what you want. And so I describe it as the millionaire handshake because we did shake hands on it at that time. But I would extend that analogy to every person you meet. Well, obviously, at the moment, none of us can shake hands because of COVID. (laughs) Digital handshakes. Yeah. If it ever happens again, right, that you can shake hands with people, that it's very important that as you reach out to extend to greet that person, what is your self-concept of yourself? Like, You know, if I was to meet you, Gabrielle, and we were to shake hands, let's say I didn't know you and we were to meet at a networking event and 
I was introduced to you. This is David. Hi, Gabrielle. And you ex extended out your hand. Hi, David. I'm Gabrielle. It's what you were thinking about yourself at that time. That's what you need to convey to me, the other person, because out of that can come amazing opportunities. But if you don't have that self-belief, it'll kind of come across in the encounter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, energetically. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So what you believe about yourself is very important and you should think highly of yourself so that greater opportunities come your way. That's a message I would like to get to people. Oh, I love that. That's a fantastic message. Oh, David, I really enjoy this conversation. So here's my last question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Is there a hobby or activity that you do in your spare time that's just for you? Yes. Um, what a great question. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting this, but um, one, I love to clear my head, you know, mentally to, to do something different from, we'll say, writing or creating or recording or interviewing, all those type of things which we all do in our daily life. I love something to clear my head. And I discovered a passion a few years ago that I really only got into in the last couple of years is that I have a motorbike. Oh, so I have a I have a BMW GS 1200. It's a big kind of a, an adventure bike. And oh, yeah, like a, a dual purpose one. Hey, yeah, it's well, it's a big tall bike and it's it's meant for going over kind of rugged terrain as well as road. Mm -hmm. And um, I put on my helmet and my gear and I could just go off for a drive. And there's lots of in Ireland, we've lots of kind of small windy roads with high ditch roads mm. and off you go and I, I just keep away from traffic and just drive. And it requires such concentration to do that safely that you don't have, you, you can't think about anything else. You obviously can't be on your phone or anything like that because you have to drive. Yeah. <laughs> and so you must concentrate on that. And by the end of a, an hour or two of a drive on a motorbike, my head is clear. And I, I, it's almost like a meditative thing for me. I love that. My husband rides a motorcycle as well. Oh, good. And he's always complaining that where we live here in Alberta, it's just flat prairie. So there's no twists and turns. Oh. So he loves going out to British Columbia, which is very mountainous range, very twisty, turning roads. Mm. And he said the exact same thing. When you're going through the mountains, it's like meditation for him. <laughs> yeah. What's your husband's name? Uh, his name's Ashley. Ashley. Well, Ashley should come to Ireland and I'll show him. Some. I think so. It's definitely on our list. Yeah. My family is Irish from, you know, a couple generations oh, well, ago. So we've always wanted to come visit. Come on over. Sounds good. All right. Well, I've got a couch to crash on then. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Gabrielle, fantastic. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much for coming, David. This was absolutely fantastic. Everybody, I'm going to put a link to David's book in the show notes. So definitely go check that out as well as links to his social media and his website. And you can just go check out David and give him some love and thank him for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much, David. Have a fantastic day. Thank you, Gabrielle. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.